Welcome to the Backyard Cyclist, a podcast for suburban cycling mixed with advice and observations from a cycling enthusiast. While I might take cycling a little more seriously than others, I still enjoy it as a fun thing to do. When you were younger, having a bike meant having freedom. You could now actually get places faster than walking and were able to explore places further from your home. As you got older, maybe the bike didn't mean as much after your friends got their driver's license and you got your driver's license, and you found a car that could get you further more quickly than a bike could. So why did we stop cycling in the first place? You can still ride a bike if you want to, and we'll be looking at some of the options available today. What's up? I'm Brian, your backyard cyclist. I've loved riding a bike since forever, but it stopped for a while. When I picked up cycling again after my second daughter was born, I also made a couple of life changes to go along with it. I quit smoking and I cut way back on drinking so that the bike riding I was going to do would be healthy. After all, I now had two daughters to be a role model for. I actually haven't had a cigarette in about 10 years, nor a drink in about 8. And if you remember from episode 2, I've had my share of cheap and expensive bikes. Riding a bike doesn't have to be embarrassing or scary. All you need to do is sit down and pedal. You may think that people will look at you weird or quietly make fun of you, but so what if they do? For every person that judges you, there are probably three more that are either inspired by you or happy to see another person on a bike. My first BMX bike as a kid was a jumble of spare parts my older sister's friend had laying around. I put them together and upgraded a part or two, and I had a bike that I'd take on jumps in the local park. What I thought looked semi-silly and old, I come to find out years later a few kids actually thought was cool and retro, in the 80s no less. And someone liked it so much that it was stolen from my backyard. Luckily, I also had a 10-speed bike at the time, which I couldn't take on the jumps, but I kept up with my friends on the dirt trails. And years later, when I bought my first good road bike, I'd ride that thing everywhere I could. It was freedom, it was fun, and it was cool. I never got into racing like my young teenage heart wanted to, but with that bike, I could ride it like I was in the Tour de France or the hell of the West. But after I got my license and a long line of cars after that, the bike had sat in the shed for far too long. I eventually sold it so I can get into mountain biking, just like a responsible new dad should. But mountain biking just wasn't for me and I eventually bought a new road bike to rekindle that spark of freedom. So, I've had cheap bikes, box store bikes, and bike shop bikes. I've even had bikes from the garbage. While I can tell the difference between them all, the one thing I can't do is tell you one is better than another. They're bikes. You pedal them and you move forward. Depending on what you want to do with them may mean the difference between a regular bike and a slightly better bike, but they all work the same way. all of the choices out there, it could be daunting to pick which bike you want. Are you going to use it for exercise, for family rides? Are you looking for a utility bike or an around town kind of bike? Or are you looking to ride trails or gravel roads? Believe it or not, the kind of bike you choose isn't of great significance. I mean, you want the right bike for the right purpose, but quite a few bikes out there can easily be set up for multiple purposes. For example, I have a project bike that's in pieces in my shed right now. 
It's an old steel mountain bike. I'm going to rebuild it into something that I could take to the stores in town, but also take it on rides with my girls. So now I'll have two bikes in my stable, a higher-end road bike for my training and healthy living, and a cheap all-purpose bike for other things. But you don't need to follow this rule. There are plenty of bikes out there that will do both of these for you in one. I personally tend to follow the N plus 1 formula, where the optimal number of bikes you should have equals N plus 1, where N is the current number of bikes you have. Wifey doesn't see the logic in this, but it's math, so it has to be legit, right? But seriously, the one thing that matters the most is that you can find a bike that fits you and you're able to ride it. That's it. There are no other requirements for you to start enjoying the benefits of spinning the pedals wherever you choose to do so. Bikes can be found in stores, ads, online, through word of mouth, or on the side of the road. My project bike cost me $10 at a garage sale, plus a little more for the upgrades I'm putting into it, and I found that while I was out cycling. I found two other bikes being thrown out, but when I looked at them, they just needed some TLC to be back in shape to ride. It doesn't matter what you ride, it's more important that you do ride. Let's take a little look at the options you have today. First up is road bikes. Road bikes are built for two things, speed and performance. They are designed to be as efficient as possible while offering very little comfort. Your position on the bike will be more leaned over and aggressive, so to be more aerodynamic and put you in a position to get more power out of your pedal stroke. The wheels are thin so they can be light and aerodynamic, but still have a wide enough contact patch to get you moving. Mostly, these bikes are used for long distance riding, like charity events or bike touring. But some models can be used like a mountain bike on dirt trails or for bike packing. They can be bought anywhere, but remember, the less expensive it is, the cheaper the components are gonna be on it. Next up are mountain bikes. There is almost literally a half dozen of mountain bike styles, from full suspension on through to no suspension. Mountain bikes are designed for comfort and ease of riding off-road. Your basic mountain bike will have a lot of gears, like 21, and like road bikes, the cheaper it is, the cheaper the components are. The tires will be wider than a road bike, and in all, it won't be as light as a road bike. Fat bikes have even wider tires and are even heavier, but they allow you to ride across terrain that other bikes can't. If you're serious about getting into mountain biking, stay away from box store bikes. They will fail on you on the first big trail you ride, although they will be fine for gravel paths and fire roads. Next up are hybrid bikes. Hybrid bikes fall in between road and mountain bikes. Fitness bikes will be similar to road bikes, except that it will have flat handlebars and put you in a more upright position. You can use these around town or for strict exercise. Town bikes, commuter bikes, or utility bikes will have even wider tires than road bikes, but might have a front suspension fork and racks or baskets to carry things in. Then we have folding bikes. Folding bikes can be used for a lot of different things, and they can be collapsed and stored into small spaces when not being used. Some use them as commuter bikes in the cities, some use them for pleasure riding in the country, and some use them as their travel bike. They can be very useful in a variety of situations. And now we come to e-bikes. E-bikes can be found in just about any type of bike I just spoke about. They're essentially a bike with an integrated electric motor. These motors can either be in the frame itself and help you pedal, or they're in one of the wheels and add a little extra speed. There are two types, 
electric assist, and full electric. The electric assist only kicks in when you're actually pedaling and turns off when you're not. The full electric is like a low-powered moped or scooter. You can pedal, but it's not necessary to get the benefit of the electric motor. There are a host of different batteries that last longer or shorter, and again, the cheaper it is, the cheaper and potentially more dangerous these components are. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you got some good information out of this. Until next time, I'm the Backyard Cyclist, and I'll see you on the road. And if you wish to help me with my fundraising for JDRF, you can follow the link in the description below to make a donation. I appreciate any amount you can afford. Remember, we can't make it to the finish line without you.